Hello and welcome to the Yoga Magic Podcast, friends. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard, and this is the 200th episode of Yoga Magic. I'm so excited to be at this point. Thank you so much for tuning in every week. For those of you that have been with the show since the very beginning, so much gratitude. If you listen from the beginning, you know that it's definitely changed. It's actually like a totally different show. And I'm really grateful for you sticking around. Thanks for being here. This episode today is going to be a little bit different. It's just me sharing some perspective, thoughts, um, reflections on the last 200 episodes and the things that I've learned from this experience, from my journey into self-care and self-discovery, from the guests that have been on this show, and you know, from starting a podcast, what that's like, what I've learned through the process, if any of you are thinking about starting one as well. So again, just me, your host, Ashley. If you're new here, this is a show all about about self-care and self-discovery. I'm a longtime yoga teacher. I am a self-care coach, an astrologer, and I really love this practice of discovering what self-care works for you, works for us. It's such an individual basis. And now that we've had 200 episodes of Yoga Magic, I've learned a lot. I've had a lot of takeaways that I'm excited to share with you. So thanks. Thanks for being here, everybody. So if you've been listening from the beginning, you know that this show started off as something totally different. It was called Wedded Wellness when I started it over three years ago, and really my idea was that I wanted to bring more self-care practices to brides that were planning for their wedding in this like very stressful time. In theory, I loved it. It was so much fun, but like I didn't actually feel any major connection to weddings. <laughs> and so I decided to pivot, pivoted into what is now the show Yoga Magic, really from stemming from this experience of that first time that I took a yoga class, that first time that I was like, oh, my gosh, I can feel this amazing, this good. So I wanted to share that evolution, evolution of this show, of my journey into yoga, into self-care, into self-discovery, so that you know any of you that are on this journey as well might have some something to compare it to, something, I don't, comparison isn't the right word, but rather be inspired by, hopefully, that's the goal. Let's start with just my journey into yoga and how I started to practice and really how it shaped my life. So I started practicing yoga about 15 years ago. I was traveling for work. I was traveling all over the country, flying like two to three times a week. And while it was such a fun part of time in life, I really enjoyed being this like independent, just out of college queen. I wasn't super healthy or taking care of my wellness in any way, shape, or form because I it was tough, right? I was flying all the time. I was eating airport food. I didn't really have my own spaces. And for those of you that travel a lot, you know that this can be really challenging. And it wasn't until I was taken to a yoga class at um, in Baltimore, right by Johns Hopkins, this hot yoga class, and I was like shooketh. I was I could not tell you how good I felt in this class. Now, hot yoga is definitely its own beast and, you know, all thoughts on Bikram and all of that shenanigans aside, like that practice had me feeling so good. And I literally woke up thinking like, I need more of this in my life. And so while I was there that week, I practiced every day. I remember literally like wringing out my yoga clothes and I didn't have access to like a washer dryer every single day. So I'd have to like rewear them. They were so gross and sweaty, but I was like, no, I'm going. I was obsessed. I loved it. 
And when I stopped traveling for work, I knew that that was going to be integral to my my routines. And so I practiced all the time in those early stages. And what I realized is that it gave me so much inspiration to make choices for myself, that it gave me this ability to listen to what was happening within my own body, within my own life whether it be to take some sort of option in class or not, and maybe just rest in class to, you know, taking that idea off the mat as well to making decisions about like, what did I really want to do? I was able to start tapping into that for the first time. And, you know, I was fresh out of school. I was working a lot at this time and realized that, that I could make my own choices, that I could do things for myself that might not be exactly on the path that I had set out for myself earlier on, and then I could change my mind and I could listen to the things that I wanted. So it was really yoga was that first time that I realized like, oh my gosh, like I'm in charge of my life really, right? In your 20s, you don't always know. So I practiced more and more and eventually started teaching. And when I started to teach, the things that I learned from the teaching process is that yoga is so much more than the physical practice. And it was that first dipping of the toe into spirituality, which now is so so key to my life and a part of my, my journey. What I realized is that yoga is, is all of those things, right? It's that self-discovery piece. It's, it's the breath. It's the meditation. It is the physical asana, but there's so much more. And when I was teaching, I felt so humbled. You know, when you do a teacher training. And for those of you that have been through any sort of yoga teacher training, you know that the more you know, it's almost like the less you know, right? There's so much out there. And I felt so humbled by this experience. And being a beginner, again, being a beginner as a teacher, being a beginner as sharing these things with my students. So I started teaching and it really got me excited. And when I finally decided like, okay, I'm going to take life into my own hands, I made the decision to have children. It was something that like I kept telling myself I did not want to do. I remember telling my family, telling my husband, like we were both in agreement, like we're not having kids. This is not for us. And it was my practice through yoga that helped me discover like, Ashley, no, like you do really want kids. Why are you saying that you don't? Because you're afraid. And that's what it was for me. It was a, it was a fear. It was a fear that I couldn't do something. I was a fear that I would somehow fail at being a parent. And that totally changed the game for me to make that decision for myself. And I started to, I was teaching full time at this point. I'd left this job that I really loved, but ultimately I knew I couldn't sustain while having a family life and started teaching full time, started running studios for Corpar Yoga here in the Twin Cities. It was this awesome transition. So that was my journey into teaching yoga. That's the short and sweet of it all. When I had my first child, Lily, that was really the first time in my life that I realized that I needed to take care of myself in order to take care of other people. And I will admit it was kind of a rude awakening. I remember sort of like hovering over my body and seeing myself holding this little baby in the middle of the night and just being so exhausted physically, mentally, and emotionally. And that I realized I was not putting my own needs first. Can you do that with a newborn? It's tough, but I do think it's something that you can do. And I learned that I needed to 
satisfy those basic human needs first. And that my self-care was so critical to my role as a parent. And so I started to study what were the things that really made me feel well? What was self-care to me? What did that look like? While working full-time, while having um, a newborn, while still trying to be that version of myself that I knew that I was. And that led me to meditation. That led me to the practice of manifestation. I didn't really know I was doing manifestation at the time, but it helped me understand that like I was in control of not only my own life, but the things that would happen for me that could happen in my life. So I started to journal and I started to meditate every morning and I would wake up in the early morning and my body was like kind of an earlier rise. So I would wake up and I would write down all the things that I was working towards. And I started to feel like myself again. And I started to put that self-care, that movement, that water, nutrition, you know, just the simple, simple things first so that I could feel well in order to achieve those goals and take care of my family. And I was so inspired at this time that I knew I was ready to have another one, right? Have another kid. So kids are integral to the story. (laughs) Let me tell you more. And I got pregnant with our second daughter when Lily was about one. And this was the time when I realized that I could shape my goals and I could manifest the things that I wanted through the practices that I had already established. So I was writing down every day the things that I wanted to manifest. And I started to write down and manifest my birth, my ideal birth. I've talked about this before many times on the show. Go back to the most late, the latest birth episode that I did on our third daughter because I talked about this journey. So I would write down every morning what I wanted Rory's birth to look like. I would write down the clothes I would wear and the food that I would have that morning and like how long the labor was going to be. Four hours, that was what it was going to be, right? And that I would, you know, it happened in the morning, like all these things, really specific things. And you guys, it happened. I did it. I manifested exactly that birth from start to finish. It was exactly what I had written down on a day-to-day basis. And her birth was my spiritual awakening. It was that time when I realized that like I was connected to something so much bigger than myself. That's why she's named Rory, Aurora, the dawn, the awakening. She was my spiritual awakening. So let's fast forward. We've got yoga, that that connection to making choices about the things that I wanted to do, finally moving into my spiritual practices as a teacher, and then awakening to the fact that we are magical human beings when I manifested the birth of my second daughter. So while I was still teaching, working full-time, had these two amazing kiddos, I started to realize that there was something calling to me. There was something that I wanted to do. And I would get these like pings, we'll call them pings, about starting a podcast or starting some coaching or starting some sort of side hustle where I could teach people about self-care. And it kept coming back. Like I could not ignore it. It was something that I, I would talk to my husband about it and just be like, I keep getting this this thing where I like want to start this. I want to start a podcast, but I just, I feel like there's so many podcasts out there and I don't, you know, I don't want to do it. I just like, I, I felt embarrassment, maybe even fear similar to that experience of like being afraid of having children. So I kept pushing it off and maybe pushed it off for like two years. I'm just like, nah, everyone has a podcast. It's oversaturated in the space. And finally, one day I just woke up and I started it. I don't know. I honestly have no idea what was happening in the cosmos. I should probably go back and look because clearly there was some Mars action happening because I took action that day. And I ordered um, a microphone from Best Buy. I went and picked it up, plugged it into my computer, watched some YouTube videos, and I started 
what was wedded wellness at the time. And I was so excited, so inspired. And I'll tell you, it was not perfect, right? That experience, that just starting something right off the bat was in no way, shape, or form perfect. But I just started and I made those changes and I iterated as it went along. So throughout the process of doing this podcast, I made a lot of mistakes. You know, I wanted to share that. I wanted to point that out in this that like there were so many times where I would just like accidentally delete full episodes or where I would mess up some sort of like audio situation. And like I did not know what I was doing, but I just started and it was messy, but it was key and I loved it and I wanted to keep going. And over time, I realized that the topic and the actual podcast that I had put out wasn't exactly what I was excited about. So I made those changes as well to let go of like the whole wedding piece and just lean into the things that I loved, which was self-care and self-discovery. And Born was Yoga Magic. Now, this was about the time when COVID was just starting, rebranded into Yoga Magic, and realized that like now my work, the things that I was doing, teaching yoga, running studios was completely changed, right? I was teaching online yoga. I lost that full-time job, was doing the podcast, was essentially a stay-at-home mom. And it really shifted me to come back to those self-care practices that I really had to learn the hard way when I first had a newborn. And so started coming back to those practices and that journey in itself all over again. And what was so cool about having a podcast at this time and being able to talk to amazing people and you know share in this experience of health and wellness was that at home I was somewhat isolated, right? We were all isolated. We were it was COVID, but my worldview was huge. It shaped you know, what I felt like I was able to experience because I was able to connect with such expanders, with such amazing people on a day-to-day basis through this podcast. So I was able to start recording online. I actually had never recorded online until COVID when I learned that like, oh, I have to do these interviews on Zoom. And it completely expanded who I was able to reach. So if you are somebody who's thought about starting a podcast, here are my biggest tips, biggest tips for doing this. One, just get started it's messy. It's kind of hilarious. You will not know what you're doing, but just get started and um, put that time into it. It's, It's fun once you kind of start to click and you start to figure it out, but just get started. Number two, it's okay to iterate. It's okay to change. It's okay to completely change your show or change the, you know, the content or whatever it is, the branding doesn't matter. It's okay to change as long as you know that you're moving closer towards that version of what you want, authentically want to put out there. And then finally, consistency. Now, when I first started podcasting, I got the opportunity to work with the hosts of Almost 30, the Almost 30 podcast, Lindsay and Krista. And really what I took away from my time working with them as mentors was that consistency is so key and most people are not consistent. That when you start a podcast, there are, you know, there's a million podcasts out there. But the number of people that actually stick with it and actually consistently output on a regular basis is actually quite small. So I want to say that like the average podcast only releases like six episodes or something like that. So for me to say like, I'm going to consistently stick with this, I'm going to do this every week because that was the cadence that I chose 
was really important. And I've stuck with it ever since, even through maternity leaves and pregnancy loss and these experiences that have, you know, helped me show up on a regular basis, but still been difficult. I've stayed with it. And I think that's one of the biggest, most important pieces, if not the most important piece, if you're somebody who's thinking about starting a podcast is consistency. Do you have to be every week? No, you can definitely go with, you know, week by week, month to month, doesn't matter, but just choose a cadence and stick with it. So key. So those are the three tips that I will give in terms of, of podcasting. Now I want to talk a little bit about my experience with the things that I've learned from this, this show, from the 200 episodes and the conversations that I've had with individuals about health and wellness, about yoga, about spirituality. And, you know, it's been a process. It's been something that like I'm on this experimental journey as well. I've tried lots of things on my own. I've learned from a lot of people. Some of it is stuck. Some of it has not. But at the end of the day, it's being able to be open-minded to lots of different things and knowing that there's times when we might be drawn to one practice and then other times when we're drawn to something else. So 200 episodes, and I have so many takeaways to share, but I had to whittle it down to, I think, four. Four takeaways from the things that I've learned over the course of 200 episodes. First and foremost, there are ebbs and flows to our practices. Now, I've talked about this before, that you can change up your self-care practices, that you can try new things, let them go. But so consistently, I hear from experts, from teachers on this show that these processes that our spiritual practices, our manifestations, our health and wellness, our yoga practices, whatever it is, they shift as we shift. Now, I've been very open on this show through my own personal journeys and struggles through pregnancy loss, through depression after that, and those times when I'm really thriving, when those moments when I'm feeling like, yes, this is it. I'm in that moment right now. I'm having a moment of like, yes, I'm doing all the things, but it does ebb and flow, and we need to remember that as people, as humans, there are times when we are literally thriving, when we're achieving our goals, we're feeling healthy, we're doing all the things. And then there's times when we aren't. And for whatever reason, whether that be life circumstances or just mental health, whatever, I shouldn't say just mental health, even if it's mental health, doesn't matter. There's times when we have lows and that's okay. And so I want to remind you of the structure, the three-tiered structure of self-care. I learned this from my friend, April. Um, She has a podcast called Building Psychological Strength. And she showed me that baseline of self-care are your basic human needs. This is that foundational layer. So sometimes your self-care, your self-discovery practices, your well-being is the basic. It is going to the bathroom when you need to go to the bathroom. It's eating food. It's sleeping whenever you can get a little bit of sleep in. It's water. It's a little bit of movement, right? It does not have to be these huge elaborate things. That is the baseline, is that basic human needs. And there are times when we are on that ebb, right? When we are not feeling like we can do those elaborate routines and self and care and wellness and all the things, we go to the basics. We ask ourselves, am I giving myself the day-to-day things that I need in order to simply survive? And 
early on in those newborn stages, that's what I realized I was doing, right? It was the basic human needs. I needed to get to that place. And so reminder that these things ebbs and flow. That second layer that April teaches me about or has taught me about in the past is those layers that we talk about a lot on this show. Those are the things like your your, your manifestation practices or your meditations or your fitness or you know making those like delicious elaborate smoothies that you get to make on a good day, right? Those routines that feel like, yeah, I can do this. Can I do it every single day? Maybe not, but like it's that next layer. And then the third layer is that of our more indulgent practices, whether it be like getting a massage or going on like a meditation trip, those things that we reward ourselves with. And we are somewhere on that spectrum at any given time. We ebb and we flow. And often we're somewhere kind of dabbling in all of them. But giving yourself permission to know that you ebb and you flow through this whole process is so, so key. And I wanted to iterate that as I reiterate that as I've listened to so many of these episodes. These things ebb and flow. Number two, manifestation, everyone. Doesn't matter who you're talking to. It's pretty consistent. The steps for manifestation, they are pretty consistent, teacher to teacher, um, practice to practice. And I always like, I get kind of excited about that. I've talked to so many people on this show about manifestation and ultimately they're telling us the same thing. And that is one clarity on what you're manifesting. What is it that you want? And this is a tough one because a lot of us don't know what we want. We know what the world tells us we want. We know what we think we want, but then when we actually get honest and clear with ourselves and we do some of the digging, we do some of the self-discovery work, we realize like, oh, actually, no, I want this. And this is what I'm going to work towards. Early on when I was talking about like telling myself I didn't want a family for so long that like kids was too scary, I wasn't being honest with myself. I needed to get to that place to move past that fear in order to be really truthful that like, yeah, I did want to do this. I wanted this experience. So one, clarity of what you want to manifest. Two, the shadow work, doing the deep discovery work in order to move past any of those blocks, any of those things that hold us back, whether it be trauma, whether it be life experiences, whether it be conditioning from our parents, from the people around us, and moving that past in order to believe, truly believe that you can achieve that particular thing that you're working towards. Um, So clarity, shadow, moving through the blocks, and then third, taking action and actually doing the work in order to get there. And when I say doing the work, I mean, okay, you want to start a podcast. Well, you got to go and find out how to do that. You got to watch some YouTube videos and you got to open your garage band on your computer. You got to get a microphone, you know, maybe not even get a microphone, just hop on your computer and start. So listening to all of these teachers, about manifestation and finding that there's so much consistency amongst them is so exciting for me to know that like, okay, this is simple. It's simple in practice. It's not actually simple to do. (laughs) It's tough, but the steps are simple. And sometimes we just have to get, you know, really laser focused in on, on those particular things that we're working towards. So manifestation, everybody consistent teacher to teacher hear it all over the over the place. I'm going to link in a couple episodes, some of my favorite manifestation episodes on here. If you want to go back and listen to some of those as well. Number three, we are all struggling with time. We're all struggling with time. We don't have enough time. We want to take care of ourselves. We want to prioritize our well-being, and we're all busy. We're overwhelmed. Um, and that's, you know, that is the truth, but is that an excuse? No, not when it comes to self-care and self-discovery. 
we have to remember that, you know, self-care does not have to take a lot of time. It does not have to be super involved. And that those practices that we know bring us to a positive place, bring us to that highest self are simple. They're the small things. Do I love a 90 minute morning routine that I see some of these like amazing 25 year old influencers putting out there? Yes. Like goals. Love that. And I just am not at that place right now. I can't do that. No shame to any of the young Gen Z influencers. Like I'm jealous. This is amazing, but I'm not at that place right now. So for me, a morning routine looks like getting up maybe 10 minutes before the baby, doing a little bit of meditation. And that's that, right? That's that early morning practice that I'm able to do. So knowing that like we are all struggling with time, that is, that is true, but we can't use it as an excuse. And when you have those times, when you are in the thick of it, your kids are sick. I just went through this, this last couple of weeks, um, or you're out of your element or you're feeling like you're in one of those ebbs, come back to the basics, come back to that foundational level. Like I was talking about earlier. But by doing a little bit of work, but by doing some experimenting and exploration of what it is that makes you feel well, you can put those into your life. You can make them a non-negotiable, and that is so key. So if anything, if you take away anything from listening to the show over the years, it's that we're all struggling with time, and that doesn't mean that you cannot prioritize yourself. You deserve to put yourself first and foremost so that you can take care of other people, and it does not have to take a lot of time. Be honest with yourself about what's getting in the way. What is holding you back from a time constraint? How can you move that out of the way so that you have some time for yourself? And then finally, the fourth is that there is so much connection to what we do on a spiritual level, to the things that we do on a physical level. And we talked about this last week in our episode with Marwa Ismail about the connection of faith to our well-being. And I wanted to iterate this because, you know, I learned that early on in my yoga practice. It came in as a physical practice. It was something that I was like, yes, I am here for the workout, right? And I realized that it was so much bigger than that, that this was a connection to something that I couldn't see. And there are times in our journeys, in our self-care journeys, in our health and wellness or spirituality journeys where we lean more towards the physical, where we're looking to heal our bodies or nourish ourselves or go through a postpartum you know, process, whatever that is. And then there's times when we're on the spiritual path and perhaps we're somewhere in between or we're intertwining them, but they're both. And that's true of, of all the things that we talk about on this show, that, you know, we are both physical human beings and spiritual beings. And when we work with them together and we understand that sometimes we might be on one end of the spectrum or right in the middle, but ultimately it's all of it together. And, you know, we can holistically view ourselves in that way. That is yoga magic, right? It's that, that combination of, of the physical and the spiritual. So remember, as you're doing your practices, as you're learning more about your self-care and your self-discovery, as you listen to this show, that like you might lean more towards the cool smoothie recipes that you're getting today. And then the next day you're, you're taking on some more of that manifestation work. They work together and it's all of those things. It's both physical, spiritual. Now, again, thank you so much for being here for 200 episodes. I'm so grateful. I have to be honest through this process. There's been many times that I've doubted myself and, and asked like, who wants to listen to 
a Midwestern mom recording in her house on a weekly basis. And what I've seen is that there's a place for everyone out here. There is enough of us and enough content, enough inspiration to go around for everyone. And this show has grown so much over the last three years, thanks to listeners like you. And thanks to the belief that, you know, it's important that we take care of ourselves. So that doubt, it it's slowly every day, it goes away because I know that this is making such a big difference. And again, I hope that if you're someone who's ever thought about starting something, whatever it is, a podcast, a blog, a YouTube channel, that you know it's worth doing. It's worth trying. I am often, you know, at home with little kiddos and living in this sort of like insular environment. And then I hop on this mic and I get to interview people from all over the world. And I'm reminded that we are connected to so much bigger than, than just these small moments that we are in, in the thick of these life experiences. So starting something, whatever it is that you're thinking about doing, that brings you closer to that version of yourself that you've always wanted to be, that is worth your time. That is worth your investment. That is worth the energy that you're going to put towards something that you want to get going. I have talked to so many people out there who are wanting to start something, but they're afraid and we're all afraid. It's okay. That's what makes this so important is that the things that we want to do, our goals and our manifestations and our dreams, they're not easy. Like that's the point, right? Is that we have to work towards them. So Try to set that fear aside, whatever it is, and just get started. It's so key as you are living that life that you always want to live. It's a little shorty episode today, friends. I hope this is helpful. And again, I will link some of my most favorite episodes here in the show notes. If you want to learn more about the show, you can follow us on Instagram at Yoga Magic Podcast. You can subscribe on YouTube and listen to the podcast version wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm so grateful for you, everyone. Thank you so much for being here for 200 episodes, and I will see you next week. 